Blog Talk Radio. Sanders is right when she said today that there are no charges against the president. But the part about Cohen's plea deal not implicating the president on anything, well, that's dead wrong. Because as we've said, that's exactly what Cohen's plea deal did. The president's former lawyer pleaded guilty to violating campaign finance law with hush payments to women and said then-candidate Trump, or in the plea deal says a federal candidate because they can't name him, told him to do it right before the 2016 election. I'm joined now by Lanny Davis. He's the lawyer for Michael Cohen. Mr. Davis... Uh, I hope uh, I, I hope you've been able to at least take a walk around the uh, building there at 400 North Cap uh, throughout the day. Lots of, lots of coffee. <laughs> let me let me start with this. I keep hearing the words deal, 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 plea deal. Michael Cohen still is facing jail time. Michael Cohen does not have immunity from anything. Michael Cohen has, has other things. What deal did you cut? Explain what the deal is. When I hear the words deal, what makes it a deal? I have no idea. He pled guilty in a corroborative statement with the federal prosecutors. He admitted. All right. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is August 22nd, 2018. The United States of America planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Len Davis um, 
who is a political operative on the Democrat side, close friends with the Clintons, you know, all that, that that implies. But he is Michael Cohn's lawyer, and he was just asked by he was just asked by a moderator on MSNBC, what is the deal? What deal was struck? And Lanny just said, he has no idea? I mean, doesn't, doesn't the lawyer have something to do with uh, a plea deal? Like advising his client or, well, well I guess, let's, let's listen further. The direction and coordination with his client, Donald Trump, not named, but that's who is referred to. This is the wording that the prosecutors and Michael Cohen agreed he would say to the judge under oath at the direction and coordination of the candidate. And what did he get in return? A promise of of a lesser sentence? What did he get in return? Nothing. He has said, I will tell the truth to whoever asked me to appear. But he hasn't done that in return for anything. Is this the beginning? Okay, let me ask you this. Is this a deal in order to make a deal? No. Uh, Is he hoping to get something in the future from the feds? Is he hoping that he has more information that will help him get a less jail time? No. He said in court, under oath, using words provided and corroborated. All right, let's hold it right there. Okay, so there's a reason why um, Trump's uh, former attorney, Cohen, made a deal but was offered nothing in return. And I'm going to explain it to you right here and now. All right, so we'll start this way. The media is in a frenzy today, yesterday. Louder than feeding time at any zoo in America over the guilty plea of both Paul Manafort, Trump's former campaign manager, and Michael Cohen, Trump's former personal lawyer. Now, Manafort's plea was unrelated to Trump. Had nothing, all those charges had nothing whatsoever to do with Trump, so he's out of the box. Let's put him off to the side. Cohen pleaded to tax evasion also unrelated to Trump, but also to two counts of working with Trump to violate campaign finance laws. Now, that's a fact. Now, I want to take you back to just a couple of moments ago when Lanny Davis, Michael Cohen's lawyer, stated that Michael Cohen struck a plea deal and got Nothing in return. And here's why. Trump has violated no campaign laws. Only Michael Cohen, but not Donald Trump. And here, let me explain. Cohen's plea deal, since since uh, uh, Lane Davis doesn't know what the what his plea deal is and and all of that. He just said he had no idea. Cohn's plea deal states that Cohn violated campaign finance laws by making payments to one 
of Trump's alleged mistresses, Stormy Daniels, and made payments to the National Enquirer to compensate the Enquirer for paying off another of Trump's alleged mistresses. Follow me? Cohen, in turn, was reimbursed. This is the important part. Cohen, in turn, was reimbursed by Trump for these expenses. So Trump was ultimately and the ultimate source of the money for these payments. Huh. I can see, I can hear I can feel, I can feel, I can sense the wheels turning. Well, what does this all mean, doctor? What does it mean, doc? Well, it means this. But let me go ahead and read the federal statute. The Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971, Title 52, United States Code, Section 30101, states... In part, that because this is the important part, that individuals are limited to making donations of $2,700, $2,700 to presidential candidates. Cohen is accused of spending money in violation of the act. Now, although Cohen spent more than $2,700 on behalf of Trump, he was reimbursed by Trump. So, Trump was ultimately spending money on himself. And there's no limit to how much a person may spend on their own presidential campaign. So, apparently, this section does not apply. And we know that throughout the campaign, Trump has boasted that his campaign was mostly self-financed. And he financed his own campaign, for the most part. Now, the Campaign Act also prohibits cooperation from corporations rather from contributing directly to presidential campaigns. So, Cohen set up dummy corporations to make payments and he pled to making improper corporate donations. But again, although the money technically came from corporations, ultimately, all the money came from Donald Trump. So again, these limitations do not apply to Donald John Trump. But they do apply to Michael Cohen. But, more importantly, this was not a campaign expenditure at all. Now, constitutional scholar Mark Levine has interviewed former Federal Election Commission Chairman Bradley Smith repeatedly on his show over the past year. And Smith has made the point that dual-use expenditures are not campaign expenditures under 
the meaning of the act. Hmm. What do you think about that? I know it sounds confusing and somewhat complicated, because it is. But then again, its beauty is in its simplicity. So, all day yesterday and all day today, MSNBC, CNN, and all their panels and talking heads are talking about of President Donald John Trump and how this is the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Hmm. But is it? Well, let's take a listen to none other than the famous, the all-knowing, all-seeing, brilliant Alan Dershowitz, who is no fan of Trump, none, mind you. He's not even a Republican. He's a Democrat. He's a liberal. Let's take a listen to what the famed jurist, prudence, lawyer, and legal scholar, Harvard University, Alan Dershowitz has to say on this matter. Now, mind you, he is no fan of the President of the United States. He is no fan of the President's policies. And with that in mind, take a listen. Well, this is a Fox News alert. As mentioned, Paul Manafort was found guilty on eight counts of financial crime, say mostly tax evasion. Donald Trump's former attorney, meanwhile, Michael Cohen, pleaded guilty to criminal charges of his own. A lot happened, and we are now joined by Chief National Correspondent Ed Henry to tell us what it was. Hey, Ed. Tucker, good to see you. The Michael Cohen case could prove to be more damaging to the president legally, politically, because he was directly implicated. A far cry from the Paul Manafort case, which has nothing to do with the president, 2016, or Russia collusion. The former Trump campaign chair found guilty on five counts of filing false income tax returns, one count failing to file a report of a foreign bank account, two charges of bank fraud. The jury could not reach a verdict on 10 other counts, Prosecutors have until the end of the month to decide on a possible retrial. There's also the possibility uh, Manafort, of course, will be pardoned by the president, who declared again this show's special counsel Robert Mueller's probe is a witch hunt. The president said that before that rally. The president said nothing about the potentially more explosive Cohen case, leaving it to his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, to provide this statement, quote, there's no allegation of any wrongdoing against the president in the government's charges against Mr. Cohen. It is clear that, as the prosecutor noted, Mr. Cohen's actions reflect a pattern of lies and dishonesty over a significant period of time. But Cohen's plea deal alleges he broke the law to influence the 2016 election on behalf of a candidate. Cohen will get prison time of between 43 and 63 months on charges of bank fraud, tax evasion, and the campaign finance charges that have been mentioned, involving payments to two women who alleged affairs with the president that he has vehemently denied, Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. Now remember, Giuliani told Fox's Sean Hannity in May, no campaign finance law was broken. This plea deal contradicts that statement and raises questions about whether the president or anyone else from the campaign will be implicated, Tucker. At its core, a confusing story, really. And thanks, Ed, uh, for that. I appreciate it. 
Alan Dershowitz, of course, a retired Harvard Law School professor, the most famous of them all, and the author of The Case Against Impeaching Trump. He joins us now to help sort this out. Professor, thanks a lot for coming on. So the Manafort story, I think, seems pretty cut and dry. He was convicted of tax evasion. Sounds like he did it. I don't think many people are surprised. Cohen, however, part of this guilty plea surrounds money that he moved, apparently, from Trump's accounts to a woman who alleged sexual contact with Trump. That's a very common scenario among famous people. As you know, we've seen a lot of that in the last year, people paying off women who say they had sexual sure. contact with the affluent person. Is that illegal? How is that a crime? Well, itself, it's not a crime. And if the president had paid it directly, it wouldn't be a crime. The allegation here is that it was Cohen who paid it and made a campaign contribution, which he didn't report, at the direction of the president. And, of course, some stations are already playing the funeral music for uh, President Trump. But this is much more complicated and much more uh, nuanced. First of all, the crime itself is very, very vague. They tried to uh, put Edwards, the former presidential candidate, on trial, and, of course, they got an acquittal. But second, it really require, uh, depends completely on the credibility of Cohn. And remember, as Judge Ellis said, uh, when they squeeze people like Manafort or Cohen, uh, they squeeze them not only to sing, but sometimes to compose. And it's very easy to embellish a story. Let's assume hypothetically it's true that he did pay the money and it was designed to help the impact of the election. That wouldn't involve the president. All he has to do then is say, and the president directed me to do it. That's the kind of embellishment that people put on a story when they want to avoid dying in prison. When the prosecutor says to them, you have two choices, you'll die in prison or you can give me a story that I can use to go and get the president. I'm not suggesting that happened here. But the risk of that happening is what Judge Ellis talked about in, in the Manafort case. And we may see that uh, at work here. So we're a long way from, uh, you know, tolling the bells for this administration. It's a but bad still, day. I, I, it's I, a negative day, but, a not, day, but not, sure. not a fatal one. Yeah. But I'm still a little bit confused. But so if somebody comes one. to you and says, if somebody says to you, and you're running for office, and the person says, give me money or I will humiliate right. you in public. And you do give that person money or instruct your lawyer to give that person money. That's a campaign donation? Not if you make it yourself. But if somebody else pays the money in order to influence the outcome of the election, it is technically perhaps a violation of the election laws. That's what they try to get Edwards on. It didn't huh. work. They got an acquittal and hung jury, and they never tried him again. But... You know, again, violation of election laws yeah. are regarded as kind of jaywalking in the realm of things about elections. Uh, and there are so many of them. Every administration violates the election laws. Every candidate violates the election right. laws when they run for president. Oh, Usually they pay a fine, something like that happens. Here they're trying to elevate this into an impeachable offense or a felony against the president. Right. Look, they may name the president as an unindicted co-conspirator. They did that with Nixon. Even back then, right. I complained about that because naming somebody as an unindicted co-conspirator is very unfair because he has no opportunity to defend himself or herself. And yet that may happen. So this is the beginning of a okay. story that will unravel over time, but it's not nearly as deadly lethal as some have portrayed it as being. It's certainly confusing as a matter of law. But, Professor, thank you for, for explaining that. Appreciate it. All right. Welcome back. So, does that explain any of this to you? Because ask not for whom the bell tolls, 
it tolls for thee. According to MSNBC, CNN, and a couple other stations, it's over. It's 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 almost over. The president can call it a day. He he, he may as well start packing um, because he's about to be impeached, and he's going to be run out of office. And a few uh, senators, very few, have stated that they're not going to hear or meet with or interview his choice for the Supreme Court because, well, Trump is and has been labeled, these are their words, an unindicted co-conspirator, which he has not, not yet. And why would they, why would, why would they, the senators, meet with his, his nominee for the Supreme Court? We ought to put this off. And some have expressed righteous indignation at the thought of interviewing Donald John Trump pick for the Supreme Court. But interestingly enough, two of the very same Democrat senators expressed no such outrage when... William Jefferson Clinton was president and certainly under certain under scrutiny and in the thrones of impeachment and charged with a crime lying under oath that that's a crime he was actually charged with a crime and his nominees sailed through, one of them anyway. And no one, nor no, no Republican, nor Democrat, expressed outrage that, to the effect that a Supreme Court nominee should be held up because of a cloud over the president's head. This is another first. But these senators are saying, no, I will not meet with this nominee. I will not meet with this candidate because Donald John Trump is corrupt. Even if he were, what would his being corrupt have to do with a nominee to, to the Supreme Court who is not corrupt? Hmm. So it looks like the Democrats are looking for any reason whatsoever to avoid uh, the confirmation hearings. For uh, for this nominee, but unfortunately for them, there's not nearly enough of them to hold that up. And we only need 60 votes. Looks like we may get it. But let's listen to a little bit more of Lanny Davis and sort of kind of get an idea of what what's going on here from from his point of view. Bye prosecutors that the president of the United States committed a felony. That's exactly what he said. I don't know what Ms. Sanders is talking about. If he's guilty of doing what his client tells him to do, which is to pay money to keep somebody silent for the principal purpose. All right, hold it right there. It's his money. It's the money that Trump instructed 
and we know that he did because there's a, there's a recording of it. So we know that Trump did this. There's, there's, no, there's no ambiguity there, and there's no getting around it, and who would want to anyway? Trump has already admitted that he did just that. But Trump knows, and a lot of other people know, that you cannot violate campaign finance law by paying somebody hush money, and it's actually your money. <laughs> uh, and so, but but let's um, let's get some let, let's get some clarity here. What what exactly are campaign expenditures? Well, they're payments for advertising, consultants, rallies, transportation, polling, and get out the vote efforts. Of course, but has anyone ever reported payments to a mistress as a campaign expenditure? Maybe Jesse Jackson, but certainly almost no one else. That is because any expenditure a- expenditure <laughs> is not an expenditure <laughs> I can't get this an expenditure simply because it may incidentally benefit a campaign. Does that make sense? It must be an expenditure whose only purpose is to benefit a campaign. So if a candidate for office buys an American car or gets his teeth whitened, these are things that can benefit his campaign, but are not campaign expenditures because they also have personal benefits. Does that make sense? So payments to President Trump's alleged mistresses to stay silent certainly benefited his campaign. Are you following me here? But they also served the purpose of not embarrassing the president's family. There certainly was a dual use to the payments. Therefore, they were not, quote, campaign expenditures, expenditures, end quote, under the act. If they were, then everything a candidate spent money on during the course of a campaign, whether of a personal nature or not, would have to be reported as a campaign expenditure. I know it sounds a little confusing. Does a candidate eat during a campaign? Well, of course. And if so, that benefits his campaign, and so must an expenditure. Do you see how ridiculous this can be? And I'm not even a lawyer. Imagine a damn good lawyer putting this to the Supreme Court or to a jury. I'm not even that, and I just explained it perfectly. I sure the hell did, but I'm not done. As Mark Levin pointed out on his show yesterday, a guilty plea is not an adjudication of a court. 
no court has ever ruled that hush payments to mistresses are a campaign expenditure. Expenditure, damn it. Michael Cohen was simply squeezed, squeezed to get the results Robert Mueller wanted to give grounds to impeach President Trump. Now, Mueller was supposed to be investigating the claims of Trump colluding with Russia. These guilty pleas, while notable for non-campaign finance reasons, have nothing to do with Russia and nothing to do with Donald Trump. But it seems clear that the road to impeachment goes through campaign finance laws. They have really told their story. They have tipped their hand. Even if Donald Trump allegedly funneled hush payments through his lawyer and through a dummy corporation, they were still payments ultimately from him and had nothing to do with campaign finance laws. While the president's personal behavior is as unadmirable as I've ever seen it, but I love the man, even worse is sitting back silently while the media wages lawfare against the president and Nancy Pelosi ramps through articles of impeachment in 2019 because everyone accepts this false narrative. Everyone. But you've heard it here, and I've just explained it. This isn't how it's going to go down. The law is on Donald John Trump's side. Now, the fact that these mistresses have come forth, the fact that it's been exposed that the Donald has paid off some skanks, well, really, who gives a damn? Anything that happened between these two skanks allegedly happened well before he became president. And how can you violate campaign finance laws by spending your own money on a non-campaign deal? Well, we're going to take a short break and we kind of come back and we're going to see if we can shed some more light on this on this crazy crazy day yesterday and today just bizarre just plain bizarre we'll be right back you're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me your host Dr. C. Robert Jones please join Dr. Jones as he kicks off primetime with The Sit Rep. Weekdays from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Dr. C. Robert Jones is a retired Marine officer with a Ph.D. in history. And he keeps up with the day-to-day events and analyzes and explains with historical facts and in an informed opinion. Gojo Media is dynamic and fresh, so please catch The Situation Choice every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time.
Joining us now, Michael Cohen's personal attorney, former special White House counsel to President Bill Clinton, Lanny Davis. Lanny, uh, welcome back to Morning Joe. Good, morning, uh, good to Mika. have you on nice this morning. To be back. Thank you. So, what's he got? Uh, what's the uh, sort of what's the level of what Michael Cohen has that he could offer to Mueller investigators? But is it enough to change his fate, which looks a little bleak right now? Well, let's clear up uh, for some reason an ambiguity, the smoke that Rudy Giuliani and Trump and the people around him are blowing about what happened yesterday. Very clearly, there is no dispute that Donald Trump committed a crime. No dispute because his own lawyers said to the special counsel in a letter that he directed, that's the word they used, mm -hmm. Michael Cohn to do these payments. He didn't want to do them because he was covering up his involvement in the payoff and the hush money. But the issue isn't in dispute. I've been asked, well, how do we believe someone who's pled guilty to other crimes? My answer is you don't have to. His own lawyers, are, including Rudy Giuliani, are the evidence, the witnesses against Trump. When he lied on Air Force One, Giuliani contradicted him and said, oh, no, he knew about it. And then his own lawyers wrote a letter to the special counsel and used the word directed. Now, that's as good a evidence as you can have when your own lawyers are testifying against you. So there's no ambiguity. Donald Trump violated criminal law. He may not be able to be indicted. That's an uh, unclear question. But there's no dispute here. He directed Michael Cohn to do something that was criminal. Michael did it and admitted to it. We haven't heard Donald Trump say, I directed him according to my lawyers who wrote the special counsel. So what does your client have? What evidence uh, beyond what we've already heard and seen, which, uh, by the way, includes an audio tape that involves a conversation about a payment to Stormy Daniel that the president is involved in. But uh, I want to know what else he has, what you might be able to offer to Mueller that compares or surpasses with what he's already said and admitted to that implicates the president. So that's the big question that I can't answer as an attorney who's consulted with my client under attorney-client privilege. I also wouldn't want to interfere in Mr. Mueller's right, um, okay. investigative so process. I, I think we've gotten, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we've gotten the gist of all that. Um, one thing that Lanny Davis um, did not, was not accurate about was Trump stating that he didn't know. It's already on an audio tape that's been disseminated all over the place that Trump directed Cohen to make the payments. In fact, Cohen on the audio tape um, wanted to make the payments in cash. And Trump said no. Write a check. So Trump created his own paper trail, knowing fully well what he was doing. And he most likely knew that this was not a crime, at least not on his part. He was taking minimal risk uh, uh, um, legally, and, and, and Lanny Davis pretty much said so, because the president's not going to be indicted over this. He, it just doesn't work that way. He's going to be – he'll probably be labeled if it gets to that point as an unindicted co-conspirator, but that means nothing except politically where if Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats take the House, they'll seek uh, impeachment. 
They'll draw up impeachment articles, and they'll try to impeach the president. That's going to happen. I can almost guarantee it. But in terms of um, legal liability, criminal liability, the Trump, uh, uh, the president's not even in in the in the area there. But you know what 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 I wonder is, it, does Lanny Davis and these other um, talking heads actually believe that the American people are so stupid that we don't we can't read? Or we won't read, or we won't do our research, that we won't find out what's really going on, that, okay, Lanny Davis, he's, uh, he's wearing a nice tan suit here, the blue shirt, I don't, I don't understand the blue shirt with the, with, with the blue tie on a tan, I, I, I never did get that, but he looks nice here, and he speaks well. He talks like he's he's about to kill over. Actually, he speaks like like that, like, like in, at any moment he's just gonna fall over. But nevertheless, he's is a smart man. He's he is a smart man. He's an accomplished man. So then the question is, why would he say out loud on numerous shows throughout the day? He's got to be exhausted at the end of the day because I have seen or heard him. Throughout the day on this show and that show and this show, I mean, does he is he just sit in the room and they just change the backdrop and he just I, I don't think he actually goes anywhere. But but be that as it is or may, does he really believe that we're not smart enough to figure this out? That we're not smart enough to actually look up campaign finance law. Like I did. And then be just bright enough to apply it to this situation. Because Lanny Davis, who is an attorney, and and and, and to by all accounts a really good attorney, has just stated that the President of the United States broke the law, that he committed a felony. Clearly, he did not. So the question we have to ask ourselves is why did Lanny Davis go all over town and so many others as well and then state outright that the President of the United States committed a felony when he did not? Michael Cohen committed a felony. Now he's saying that I did it on behalf of the president. Oh, well, we already know that because it's on tape that of the president telling him to make the payment. It, I mean, it's been on tape for a long time, for at least six months or so. We've heard it. I don't, I don't know if you've heard it, but I've heard it. I've heard the, the tape five or six times already. I wish I had it here now to play it for you. Trump directs Cohen to make the payments. Cohen asks Trump or, or states to Trump that the payment should be in cash. Trump says no. Write a check. That's clear. So what Lanny Davis is saying is that Trump 
committed a felony. He's saying that today, not three, four, five months ago when that tape was revealed. No one said that Trump violated campaign finance laws until until Cohen struck a plea deal. So what's that all about? I don't know. We have a call on the line. Let's find out what the caller wants to say. If we can get him on. <laughs> caller, you're on with the Dr. C. Robert Jones situation report. You want to chime in here? Hmm? Nope. Okay. We'll send our caller back to the queue. And we'll continue. So, now we've got a lot of stuff happening all day long. Manafort's going to get a pardon. That is going to happen. Um, Trump is teeing it up right now. Now, Cohen is saying that he doesn't want anything. That he doesn't want a pardon. That he doesn't want anything. He, he struck a plea deal, but he... According to Lanny Davis, he got nothing in return. And these types of crimes are not your typical white-collar crimes. These are the types of crimes that get you sent to prison for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a long time. So why is it that Cohen is teeing this up and he says that he doesn't want anything? That he doesn't want a, he doesn't want a pardon. He's not asking for... Uh, limited jail time, nothing like that. Why is that? I mean, why would you state outright that you don't want a pardon? Well, yeah, we all want a pardon. I haven't done anything in a while, and I'd I'd like a pardon in my pocket just just in case, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want a presidential pardon just because just because <laughs> I know I may need one at some point. Uh, you never know. So why would dude say I don't want I mean he actually said outright out loud that he does not want a pardon. He doesn't want anything to do with that. Okay. And he doesn't want anything else. So why is that? Well, let's see what Lanny has to say about this. He's still talking. I don't know if we want to listen to Lanny anymore. No, I, I, no, I don't. I don't think I want to listen to Lanny anymore. Besides, he just looks depressing to me. <sighs> All right, let's check this out right here. Um, You know, as you probably already know, a lot of you were at work, but since I don't have a job, so I, I didn't have to worry about any of that. So I spent time watching Fox News and watching uh, the Molly Tibbetts, um, Mr. Rivera's um, uh, court appearance. And Mr. Rivera, criminal that he is, low life that he is, I mean, what, what is, I, I, when I was driving, 
And I was listening to this young man's court appearance and the judge talking and the attorneys talking back and forth. I started to think, what possesses anybody? You see a young woman jogging. What goes through your head? What, what are you thinking? Oh, man. I mean, I know what I think. Oh, it's a cute little girl. But because I have daughters in their 20s and 30s and one approaching her 40s, I don't look at young women like that anymore because I think it's just gross. Because I'm thinking, you know, I have daughters older than this young girl. I can't, I can't do it. I just can't. I, I, it just, it, I, I don't have that going on. I, I, I just don't. So, and, and you know, I, I richly prefer women closer to my own age. So I don't do that. But let's say a young guy, 24, sees a young girl jogging down the street at night. What goes through his head? So you follow the young girl and you say, oh, hey, mama, you looking good. Yeah. And then she says, you know, fuck off. Of course. And then you say, oh, well then fuck you too, bitch. And then you roll out, right? If you're a young guy like that, I would never do anything like that. I would never talk that way to a woman. I would never do it. But I'm 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 making the point. Then you roll out, you're gone. Because she just snubbed you. And everybody I would say we all have been there, but I never have, so I don't know what that's like to be turned down. But a lot of guys have. So you just go. You just peel off and go about your business. But what made him – he said he, he, he blacked out. And the next thing you know, he comes to, and she's in his trunk. What the hell – so now he's been in the United States four or five years, six years, seven, up to seven years. A good worker, by all accounts, according to his, his, his employer, works hard. Seven years. Suddenly he sees a cute young lady jogging, and he blacks out and kills her, and she winds up in his trunk. It it I, I I'm 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 trying to wrap my head around. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would a person do that? What what snaps in a person's head that they're gonna say, Oh, I'm gonna kill you and risk everything. Your whole life is over. Why? What what you know and, and it, it 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 bothers me. because I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. <sighs> All right, so we're not going to listen to Land anymore, but let's listen to this. I feel very sad about that. Uh, it doesn't involve me, but I still feel, uh, you know, it's a very sad thing that happens. This has nothing to do with Russian collusion. This started as Russian collusion. This has absolutely nothing to do this is a witch hunt, and it's a disgrace. But this has nothing to do with what they started out looking for Russians involved in our campaign. There were none. I feel very badly for Paul Manafort. Again, 
He worked for Bob Dole. He worked for Ronald Reagan. He worked for many, many people. And uh, this is the way it ends up. And it was not the original mission, believe me. It was, uh, it was something very much different. So had nothing to do with Russian collusion. We continue the witch hunt. Thank you very much. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. This is a witch hunt. It is a total, total witch hunt. You know, it's every. I mean, they're 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 around the edges. They're 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 flailing around the edges, and it's like, oh, well, you know, we we started this whole deal looking for collusion, which frankly isn't a crime. So why are they looking for collusion? And the word collusion, I don't, I don't even think that word's uh, part of the the um, the formal uh, the formal uh, investigation. I think that word came about later. Um, the use of the word collusion, but it all started about what it had something to do with Russia and the election. Now it's okay. Uh, Manafort uh, cheated some folks out of some money. He didn't pay taxes. Blah 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 blah. Okay, what does that have to do with the um, the original mandate? What did that have to do with that? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. This is a 13-year-old crime that that man has committed. 13-year-old crime. Yes, they're crimes nonetheless. He stole money from the American people. Yes, indeed. But what does this have to do with Robert Mueller's investigation all of this suggests to me and maybe maybe you too that all of this was put in play for the sole express purpose of getting Donald Trump we have to get him we have to write what we think is a wrong the american people who voted for Donald Trump got it wrong hillary should have been president and I'll be damned, this is what Democrats are saying, if we will allow this clown, this reality talk show, this reality host, this buffoon, to be president of the United States, we're going to get him one way or the other. And so, and so we have this Manafort, we have Cohen, we have stuff all around the president. That has nothing to do directly with the president. Now, Cohen can say all he wants, that he did this or that at the direction of the president. But as I explained to you earlier in the show, the president was spending his own money. The president talked throughout his campaign of financing his campaign, for the most part, 90 Ninety percent. He financed his own campaign. He talked about it throughout the campaign, about finance. I finance my own campaign. No public money. This, that, the other. You heard him. If you followed the campaign, you heard him many times say that he financed his own campaign. He's spending his own money. So how is he violating campaign finance laws? How is he obstructing justice? How is he doing any of these things? It's not. They're, they're grasping at straws. They're trying to get to the president, and they know they can't get him legally. They know that they cannot 
get him on criminal charges. It's never going to happen. It's not happen. It's never going to happen. So they've got to tee up impeachment. And if I were the president of the United States, I would stop listening to these people saying that you shouldn't fire Robert Mueller. His ass would have been gone. Robert Mueller would have been gone, and here's the reason why. He has found, after nearly two years of investigating, no collusion between Trump and Russia. No, no uh, campaign finance laws broken. Because Trump spent you can I can spend my own money any way I want, even in a campaign. Okay? And and more importantly, there's been no link to Donald John Trump and any Russian official directly or indirectly. So Robert Mueller's investigating Russia's interference in the 2016 election and allegations that Trump or his campaign conspired with the Russians to defeat Hillary Clinton. No one is alleging Russia had anything to do with the payments made to Daniels or McDougal. Nobody. So what does all this have to do with Donald John Trump? I suspect that Trump-hating Democrats, if they pursue impeachment, will be punished by the American voter. The more middle America learns the facts of the Cohen case, the worse the president's opponents will look we can see that what's happening right here and now is a obvious witch hunt. Get Trump at all cost. And it's a disgrace. It, I wouldn't have wanted this to happen to Obama. It happened to Clinton to a certain extent. I didn't want it then. Hell, I voted for Clinton the first time. This is this is not what America needs. But you know what? Those well-meaning Democrats y'all love so much, they, they know what America needs. They know what's best for America. And you know what? They have decided that your vote, if you voted for, John, uh, for Donald Trump, they've decided that your vote doesn't count. That your vote is meaningless. That your vote was misguided. That your vote was influenced by the Russians. And so, even though you went through the process of voting, your vote don't mean shit. Because we, Democrats, have decided that we know what's best for America. And what's best for America is not Donald John Trump as President of the United States and we are going to remove him from office. Never mind that so many Americans voted for this man, that he won the Electoral College in a landslide. Never mind that. I wonder 
I can't wait. I'm waiting with bated breath, but I, I can I can hardly I can't hardly wait for November to roll around. It would be so interesting to see how this blue wave turns out. But let's go back to square one just for a minute. Once the allegations about the payments to Daniels and McDougal were publicized in media reports, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, at the behest of Mueller, got a search warrant for Cohen's office, home and hotel room where he was temporarily staying. FBI agents raided locations in April. Deputy Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who is overseeing Mueller's Russia investigation, signed off on the raids. So Rosenstein has to go. Mueller has to go. And we'll start with a clean slate. By the time this whole thing gets wound up again, it'll be 2020. I say... To my man, Donald John Trump, fire this fool and fire anybody connected with him. But I suppose if he does that, there'll be an outcry that Donald John Trump is obstructing justice. So I guess we just got to let this play out. But. In the words of attorney and law professor Alan Dershowitz, who you heard earlier, quote, the very fact that this material is seen or read by a government official constitutes a core violation of the Sixth Amendment. It would be the same if the government surreptitiously recorded a confession of a, per- of, of a, pertinent, to a, per- of a pertinent to a priest or a description of symptoms by a patient to a doctor, or a discussion of their sex life between a husband and a wife, the government simply has no right to this material. It's protected through attorney-client privilege, but somehow that privilege has been skirted, because anything that happens between Donald Trump and his attorney is covered by privilege. But the Justice Department claims that it was protecting client, attorney-client privilege. We have 90 seconds, so it's time to go. But we'll pick this up and more tomorrow because this isn't going away anytime soon. And I'm telling you, this is uh, it's exciting stuff, but it's also very sad. We're seeing Democrats in America become unhinged. A a great many Americans are becoming unhinged at the very thought that Donald Trump is the president of the United States and we need to find a way to remove him. And I wonder if there will be a backlash against the Democrats for this blatant, obvious effort to remove a sitting president at all costs. It's not... It, no, I'll take that back. It's not exciting. It's sad. It is sad. This behavior is awful. Well, 
I want to thank you for listening. I know you have so much you could be doing right now. You've chosen to take some time and listen to my show, and I appreciate it. I want to say God bless you, and God bless the United States of America, because damn, we sure need it. Good night, folks. <laughs>